Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Reclaim Your Immunity podcast. My name is Thomas Michael, and I want to thank you for tuning in today. I know you have lots of options and lots to do throughout your day. I truly appreciate you being here, so let's get right into it. Today, I want to introduce to you the framework, the rule of four framework that I learned from my teacher and help you to start to reframe how you see health and your journey. This is just an introduction and not a deep dive into the framework. That would take much longer. I plan on doing a longer version in future episodes of the podcast around each piece, one at a time, but that's for upcoming episodes. Now, let's get to today's show. Today, I want to introduce you to the framework and plant seeds as to how it works and how you can start reframing how you see or approach your health, energy, and well-being, as well as, perhaps, start playing with and incorporating this framework into your current protocols and practices. First, I want to mention that I am a believer that there's a place for everything. Traditional medicine, holistic medicine, herbal medicine, alternative therapies, herbs, supplements, pharmaceuticals. Our challenge is to know the pros, cons, and limitations of each one and when it is appropriate to use them so that we remain within our own agency for our own health and well-being. One of the great things about traditional medicine is that all the doctors will diagnose and offer solutions that are standardized or the same with each doctor that you see. When you start your inquiry into whatever may be ailing you, you are usually going to get the same opinion, diagnosis, or treatment from each of the traditional doctors that you may see. If you go the holistic route, each different modality, whether it be chiropractic, acupuncture, nutritionist, herbalist, exercise specialist, massage therapist, psychics, any of them, they will offer you different advice and diagnoses and prescribe treatments that are based on their particular education and background which for that field is fantastic and wonderful. But we need to really look deeper into being able to solve the riddle that is us, right? You try different things, but never really get things better and you keep spinning for years. You relentlessly keep asking yourself what it is that you really need in order to heal. Doctors, both traditional and alternative, are often doing the same thing as you, asking for different solutions or trying to find a better model to fix things. If you're spinning, it is often due to you trying to digest the mess that is the holistic model because its model is not comprehensive or truly integrated. Even if they say they offer an integrated approach and bring in what seems to be different modalities or therapies, it still doesn't really take you where you want to go. The easy part is when you drop the herb into your body or you do a specific therapy and you feel better. That does happen, but more often than not, it doesn't or not to the extent that you want or need and things really aren't that simple anyway. More often than not, your illness, what you are spinning with, what you are confused about is a perspective that you are not being given because whether allopathic, traditional, or alternative holistic, both still often treat the body as a machine and a collection of parts and chemistry rather than as the amazing, complex, and integrated energetic being that we are. If you are spinning around in circles and those herbs or therapies haven't worked yet, then you have to deepen your perspective as to why you are at where you are at. Some combination of flexibility, right, your physical structure, right, or of your psycho-emotional you, or of the physical scars or physical traumas in your body that you've accumulated throughout your life, right, or of the biochemical you, right, generally viewed as your nutritional deficiencies and or nutritional toxicities. Some combination of these four variables and how they integrate and affect or connect to each other specific to you is at the root of everything. And I do mean everything, physical, chemical, emotional, right, hormonal, and even the spiritual or higher level ethereal you. We know that the biochemical paradigm is nonsense and doesn't work. We also know that traditional medicine is great for some things, but fails at keeping you healthy. 
Unfortunately, holistic medicine really functions the same way, just with different techniques, and it substitutes herbs and supplements for pharmaceuticals, but essentially it is still operating under the chemical or take this for that paradigm. We are being assaulted, assailed, attacked, subverted, subliminally diverted every single day by hundreds of thousands of new approaches and messaging to destroy your health and the statistics show it. You cannot stick to the simple herbal approach anymore. You will perish. If you are spinning and still searching for answers, it is because you haven't understood that your ailment is some combination of biochemistry, biomechanics, physical scars from physical traumas on your body, and the psycho-emotional you. Some combination of these four variables are keeping you from getting out of the loop and healing. They are plateauing your therapies or practices that you are trying or applying to your healing or routines. Here, let me give you some examples and do a little story time to help this sink in. Weight loss is a big industry and a real issue and concern for many people. A very simplified version or summary of the advice out there for people trying to lose weight is eat better and move more. And now they're even telling you that it's not your fault, take these drugs because it's beyond your ability and control. So take these drugs and or listen to the doctors because it's really outside of what you're capable of doing on your own. I know people who have tried every diet and exercise program with little or no success. They address the nutrition and biochemistry as well as their structure or fitness level and flexibility, but were never able to get the results they were after. Then they learned tapping or EFT, which stands for Emotional Freedom Technique, and used it to try and break down and break through any emotional or mental blocks that may have been preventing them from getting the results they desired. They did long tapping sessions, going at it from different angles and following and tapping on whatever thoughts came up. They literally ended up dropping weight overnight and were able to reach their goals without doing anything different with their exercise or nutrition routines. It was their psyche that had established mental blocks to them losing weight, usually as a means of protecting them or a programming they had accumulated centered around it not being safe to weigh less. I know that may sound strange, and we will go deeper into this another time, but the mind is very complex, and its job is to keep us safe and to really break patterns and create change. We have to go deeper than what is given to us through the mindfulness or think happy thoughts or just watch your thoughts or think better messaging that surrounds us today. Again, more of this topic in future episodes. Uh, Another story. I had an issue with my shoulder. Whenever I took time off from exercise and started up again, my right shoulder would always flare up and be in pain. It would last several workouts, but I didn't think too much of it other than being careful with the weights and the workouts. It would always go away and eventually stop hurting with extra attention paid to exercises and stretches specifically designed for the shoulder joint and the muscles around it. This went on for years. Whenever I took time off from lifting weights, for whatever reason, when I started up again, I had to be careful with that shoulder for the first week or so. I came across information about, and I was curious about the carnivore diet and decided I'd give it a try. After a week or two into going carnivore, I started lifting weights again. No shoulder pain this time. None. Nothing whatsoever. I'll share more about diet and nutrition with you later, but I was amazed that after years of this shoulder always flaring up after the beginning of an exercise routine and having to be careful and add specific exercises and stretches to help it, that just a simple nutrition change could make that kind of difference at a time when I expected the pain to actually be worse because I had taken time off from lifting weights, more time than usual, and had a lot of other distressful things going on. Uh, Similarly, I had a long-term client of mine who was always always much more consistent with his training um, than I was, and I asked him to try the carnivore diet as well to see what he thought. This client of mine had always eaten very clean throughout his life, 
uh, and was very in touch with his body. Um, and eating clean for him, or really for most of us, is based on whatever we're told in the fitness and nutrition community about lifting weights and, and all the macros and micros and all those other things related to, to training. But him switching to carnivore, and that being the only change, his gains took off and he was amazed. Right? And this is someone who had been lifting seriously for years and someone who was very in tune with his body. And this simple nutritional change rapidly improved his lifting and overall well-being essentially overnight. He was blown away and surprised by it. So those are two fairly simple examples. But I just started that way for a reason. So I want you to think, what two or three things won't go away for you that you want to improve at? Can you reframe them within the context of those four variables to see how and where you should work? I assure you it is some combination of the rule of four that is the beginning of your journey. How do you apply them to you? And one thing to watch out for here is it isn't about saying, okay, I get it. I need to stretch. I need to cleanse or clean up my diet, remediate my scars, you know, look at my mental state or my psyche and my thought patterns. That's not what I'm talking about here or not just what I'm talking about here. And just doing that by saying, okay, I get it. I get it. I get it. I need to stretch, clean up my diet, go after my scars and then watch my thoughts and go after my psyche. That isn't going to work. It doesn't have to be complicated and you can do a lot of this on your own. But it does take us changing our approach to how we think about and understand our bodies, our health, and ourselves. You can relate this to, say, something simple as baking a cake. Right? We know cakes are egg, sugar, flour, butter for the most part. But do you think it is just about throwing all those ingredients together in a bowl, mixing them all together, then throwing that mix up into the oven? Is that going to give you the cake that you want? Or at least a cake that you're going to want to eat or take pride in making? I don't think so. There is an art form to how you navigate and finesse each of these things into your practice and your protocol in order to get where you want to go. So do you know how to make these four variables functional in your healing? Most people don't because most don't understand integration, which is an art form. I'm going to give you one more example here. This is a much more complicated, intricate case that my teacher shared with us in one of our classes. It may be a little bit too much right now, as it has lots of pieces that need more discussion, which we'll get into later. But for now, I think it does a nice job at planting the seed to help you to see the importance and power of this framework. It is an advanced case best left in the hands of a well-versed professional to properly and safely supervise the healing. But it has all sorts of elements that we can learn from and start attaching to. I'm going to share it with you the way he described it to us during class. This patient of his had lupus. Now, lupus is an autoimmune disease in which the body's immune system mistakenly attacks healthy tissue in many parts of the body, and symptoms vary among people and may be mild to severe. It is an autoimmune disease that can go away on its own, and many don't really understand what is going on inside the body. There are treatments for it to both make it go away or to manage it, but they aren't consistent and aren't integrated or laid out correctly, which makes compliance and cure difficult. People play around with different therapies trying to get results, which is an approach that isn't going to work. They may offer some relief and they may get some relief, but not the solution you really want or what they're really looking for. When you profile this person, you find out that she doesn't have a defined chin, which means her bite is off. Her teeth don't touch. This means that her hypothalamus, right, one of the master glands in the body, right up there in the brain, that scans and signals information to the rest of the body. Right? So this means that if her teeth don't touch, her hypothalamus, her master signaling gland, isn't functioning properly. So with her bite off, her, her hypothalamus doesn't work properly and doesn't get the proper information or signals from the rest of her body, nor can it send the proper signals and communicate effectively to the rest of her body. 
The master switch isn't working properly, so of course the body starts to break down. The longer this goes on, the larger the breaks or dysfunction or the symptoms get. This is a huge biomechanical problem. The ways that the bones throughout the body align have a tremendous effect on how the organs of the body operate and how the body is able to communicate with all the other parts of the body. This person also has a huge head on a very slender neck. This means that the occiput and the first cervical vertebrae compresses. And when they compress, you're going to lose the vagus nerve, right? It compresses and constricts the vagus nerve of the body. The vagus nerve is the 10th cranial nerve that go, comes out of the brain and it showers all your organs with their electrical field. If you compress it up in the first cervical vertebrae, the organs do not function properly and everything, all the organs, every single part of the body is in distress. This person also had multiple head traumas throughout her life. Generally, if someone comes in with lupus, you wouldn't look at the jaw or the size of the neck or ask about head traumas. And even if we saw those things, they wouldn't really mean anything to the patient. And if it doesn't mean anything to the patient, then they can't activate upon it and start healing. Until the biomechanics themselves level out, you're going to have problems. So we have, an edu we have educational holes right, or variables that are often missed or were missed by her previous doctors. This woman is extremely flexible, but her bones still don't align. Flexibility is important, but just because you are flexible doesn't mean your bones align. After your bones take on scars and fibrosis in the joint, you can stretch all you want, but those stretches will not work because the bones cannot decompress because they are scarred together. This is exactly what multiple head traumas and a bad bite will do. Nobody's going to think of this. They will fibrose the joints. The cranial bones will fibrose or glue together. Right, So the bones in your head, which are supposed to wobble and open and close or relax and stretch a little bit, right? every time you breathe, your brain is moving or pumping. right? But if you have a bad bite, right? if you have this here, your cranial bones are going to fuse together and they're not going to properly move. Even if someone in structural medicine, right, a chiropractor, yoga, Pilates instructor, osteopath, right, even if they understand that there are asymmetries from the neck up and they apply flexibility training and adjustments to a person like this, they don't work because those joints have fibrosis. Right? So you can do all the, the stretching and the rehab and the bands and the whatever right, to try to rebalance the neck and other things. If the joints are fibrosed, you have to break that down or else all those stretches everything you're trying to do is not going to hold or work, right? So that fibrosis is a biochemical problem as she will need to take herbs and supplements and make dietary changes to help break up the fibrosis within the body that's fusing and keeping these things locked. The structural issues you want to fix, right? So that structural issue is a biochemical problem. And if you don't address it biochemically to break down the fibrosis, you can't go after it structurally to fix the alignment within the body, right? So that there is true integration, right? So to get her to heal, and that's one thing here to pay attention to, that to get her to the point where the body will resolve its lupus, right? So not to cure the lupus, right? It's not the doctor is going to cure anything. It is to get her body to be able to recognize what is going on within it and clear and cure it itself. Doctors initiate healings by getting bodily systems to talk to each other to know what to do. But you have to know how to talk to those systems or pieces don't fall into place. The fundamental issue is to get her innate intelligence activated so they can move the variables around at faster than light speeds 
which is how the body communicates with itself, infinitely more capable and intelligent in their orientation than any doctor is or can be. Another thing for her is her body fat has to come down to 15%. She must dissolve the body, right? She must break down the body, drop down all that weight to where her body can be cross-fibered to clear out the adhesions in the joints. This brings in nutrition to bring down her body fat. So she needs to get to 15%, 15% body fat so that we can get to the adhesions in the upper cervical spine. And then after that, she will need supreme orthodontics to align the bite in order to get the master glands in the brain, the hypothalamus in particular, to be able to start recognizing and understanding what is going on in the body to help it heal and fix itself. Another issue for this woman was that she lost her mother at a young age. Most lupus issues have a psychological component. So of course that is playing a role, but that emotional issue is not a factor in its initial stage. As the body breaks down and realigns or clears the fibrosis, the emotions may come up and will have to be dealt with then. At some point, we will have to address the part of her that doesn't even want to be alive anymore or the psycho-emotional trauma she suffers from and is trapped in the body that we can't get to yet. Right? One of the main things that is overlooked with this idea of say, mindfulness or meditation or, or really anything with the mind or the psyche is that the body... It, the tissue of the body, the musculature of the body, the muscular cell, the musculoskeletal system of the body is an armoring, armoring, right? Or armor for your psyche, right? So your body, and I know this may sound strange, but your body actually takes emotional scars and traumas and puts them into the physical tissue of the body. And as you start stretching and opening things up and breaking down and opening up that body, then these emotions come to the surface. I'll talk more about someone named Ida Rolf later on, but Ida Rolf, and if you've heard of Rolfing technique, she's the one that designed it, I think over 100 years ago. But even Ida Rolf, in her Rolfing technique, said to go eight, nine therapies or treatments, but then be careful after that, because once you get that deep, and once this person starts to have these structural changements, changes, sorry, then you open Pandora's box and you need to be careful and aware of what emotional constructs are now going to come to the surface that this person had buried away for a long, long time. And if you're a massage therapist or any type of body worker, that is something you have to really be aware of is that as you are going after the body, as you are realigning things, as you are breaking up parts of the body, the tissues of the body, the, the, the stuck parts, of the body, you're going to break out emotions and you, people will start crying on the, uh, on the massage table or, or wherever they're doing the therapy. And I've seen this many, many times um, from my teacher where he would share stuff with us. He'd show us videos of people with their consent, of course, but he'd also just do it during class with some of the patients that he had who he knew were at that level. And that's an important level for them to be able to, to break through that, right? You have to get to the body in order to get to the emotions, which is then what really facilitates this healing and takes you to where you really want to go, okay? At some point, let's go back to the story here, right? So at some point, allopathic medicine will move from its biochemical conception of the body and start looking at or accepting a biophysical or energetic model, right? This really is starting to happen now, right? This, this idea that just take these drugs to fix stuff is not gonna work right? It is, it is myopic. It doesn't work, right? So that biochemical approach, right? The, the current traditional allopathic model is a biochemical model of the body, which 
we know it doesn't take much to realize, and all the statistics play it out as well, that that thing is not working. Okay, so this person has to, so dropping weight will create the ability to get to the fibrosis and separate the head traumas, which must be done first in order to open her electrical fields, right, which are the energetic lines and higher intelligence and communication of the body, right? So this woman with lupus has to open her energetic fields in order for the body to be able to see and communicate with itself in order to heal which she can't do unless she degranulates and pulls apart these scars in her cranial bones and upper cervical spine, combined with fixing her bite orthodontically. And no one can shift her structurally, even after orthodontics, unless she drops enough weight so that someone can get in there with their hands and manipulate those scars to where they resolve and let the bones flow. So that maybe the magnetic fields of her body start to perfuse circulatory feelings, right? Increase and improve circulation throughout the body, create warmth upon palpation, upon structural manipulation, a warmth through her chest and spreading throughout her body and down her feet, opening up, we say, the hypothalamic pump or the cranial rhythms. So unless she has the physical experience, she isn't going to heal. You have to go to the body, the body, the body, the body. So unless she has a high healing quotient, a basic necessary fundamental intelligence deeper and beyond her analytical mind into her intuitive faculty to gravitate towards a paradigm like this, she won't heal and neither will you and neither will anybody. So yeah, just keep looking for that herb or that one therapy that will fix it or fix you, right? The crazy thing though with this is that she has to use herbs, right? So it's not take this one herb to fix it, which is often an approach that we get. But she has to take herbs because her metabolism has shut down. The physical pain, the psychic emotional pain, the loss of sleep, the weakness in the glandular system because of the bite and how it affects the hypothalamus. So she has to use herbs to help support the body through the process. But it's not take the herb to fix you. It's take the herbs with the understanding of what the herbs are designed to do and then work for the herbs and let the herbs work with you to help puts you to where you need to be in order to heal and fix yourself, right? So the mentality she brings to her healing and to the time, energy, and money that she spends, that mentality has to be comprehensive. It has to be integrated. And she has to have enough basic intelligence to understand this. She has to study it. And she has to study and understand and feel herself through the process the way you would study anything. If she comes in and thinks the doctor's going to give her a therapy to heal her, she will fail and continue to suffer and spin. She needs therapies and concepts to inhabit and empower her. If she is looking for something from the outside to come in and heal her, instead of her working and stimulating herself from the inside out, she isn't going to heal and it is a waste of time and money. Right, so we are very young in our understanding of this art form and holistic medicine is young and a thrown together mixture of different therapies trying to figure things out, but are unfortunately often applying an allopathic approach, concept understanding, but just with herbs or non-surgical approaches instead. But it's really the same mindset that really doesn't get at what the body truly needs in order to put itself back into its state of, of functioning optimally. Right? So some people heal and some don't. Some take their disease or issue to the grave with them. The real question for you is, do you have the necessary IQ to heal? By health IQ, I mean your healing quotient, not the IQ measured in school. This also does not just mean compliance or doing what you are told. It is about an inner intelligence to manipulate and engage your autonomic nervous system and your higher senses and abilities and then bring them into balance. 
right? And there's one of the big issues, especially over these past few years. So many people have gone numb to feeling anything, and they're so distracted by everything around them. And in this high level of stress and really fear that they've disengaged and are out of touch with the signals that their body is telling them, but also just with, with feeling in general or knowing how to feel or knowing what kind of feelings or what you need to feel or how to feel in order to move you in the direction that you really want to go, right? So for you, what is your inherent connection to your parasympathetic nervous system? So what is your inherent connection to your parasympathetic nervous system? Your ability to be able to rest and relax. Do you know what that means? Really means not just the words, not just, oh yeah, I lie down and take a nap and I'm good to go. No, wrong. Do you really know what it means to be able to relax in a state and know what that feels like in order to engage the body properly and it being able to relax and restore and start to heal and put yourself back in balance, right? So what is your understanding and connection to your ability to feel and know you? All right. I think that's gone way longer than I would have realized here. Long podcast today. Generally want to try to keep them at about 10 minutes or so so you can kind of get in and out, get some hopefully some wonderful information that you can take with you into your day to help improve things and get you to get maybe on the right track to understanding whether you're on the right track and knowing how to tell which direction you should go and which direction you want to go. So for now, all right, so what I've given you, I think I've seed planted. I hope you found this helpful and encouraging or inspiring for whatever you are working on or wherever you want to go. In the next few episodes, we are going to tend the soil or focus on laying the proper foundation and mindset within ourselves so that we're ready to go deeper and learn how to use this framework, right? So my teacher's rule of four, right? In our approach to health and well-being and put ourselves back in control of ourselves. So that's the goal. Until next time, my friends.